Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlick and Mac Lane podcast. For a second, Mac, I forgot what day it was because we've had football on every single night. It's really thrown off my perception of where we are in the calendar. But we are about to, this is what, 12.15? Oh my gosh, it's 12.15 again. We did that the other night. It was 12.15. We were doing a podcast and you said, it's actually Friday. And guess what? I was in Connecticut. I'm still in Connecticut. You're saying, it was actually Monday. It's Monday. We're here. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. I mean, it's football season. This is what we do. So we're breaking down Florida State LSU right after it happened. But first, before we get to this game, we just want to thank the listeners out there, Mac, and everyone who supported us. This is our 200th episode. Did you ever think when I called you on that random day during COVID when I was like, hey, Mac, we should do something together. We should do a podcast. And you were like, let's go. Of course we should. And then we started a podcast and then we'd be 200 episodes in. That's insane. No, I mean it's it's nuts. What what a fun journey this has been uh, to to you know grow the way that we have to be on SiriusXM to be on YouTube um, and, and all about the listeners and, and the viewers. You know, can't thank you guys enough. It's so cool and what a fun platform for us just to talk mm-hmm. about this great sport, the best sport in the world, college football, and of course this awesome conference, uh, the ACC, that made a statement tonight yes. through that flag. Uh, what a fun game, KG. And it was, uh, man, it was awesome. Awesome ending. A huge dub, a really big dub for the ACC. And I think more importantly for Florida State and for this yeah. program that is trying to get back to what they have been and, and what they have been is absolutely great. And they're trying to get back to that. And they beat LSU 24 to 23 in one of the most, and I'm not trying to exaggerate because we just saw the game. Truly one of the craziest college football games I think either of us have ever seen. The twists and turns, the mistakes, which in right. the end you feel terrible for the kid, but that's what college football is. That's why it, it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. That's why it's the best sport because you just don't ever know what's going to happen, Mac. It literally, we, we did this thing after Thursday night Pitts game. Yeah. And I said, the emotional roller coaster, okay? This was even worse. I mean, it was crazy the fact Insane. that okay, Florida State has this chance. Can they do four-minute offense? No, they can't. They have to punt. Mm. Dude drops the punt. They get the ball. Game over, right? Game over. Should be. Game over. Game over. Number one, I probably just would eat the clock and kick a field goal. Like, I'm taking knees. I'm running left, right, zone, whatever. Uh, They march it down for some crazy reason. This is the only critical thing I'm saying. They run a pitch play, (laughs) hits the guy in the face. Oh, my God. LSU goes 99 yards. It's my insane. God. Walking the dog. And we're just like, oh my God. <laughs> and then there's there's this crossing route. Tight end gets it. He's running so slow. He doesn't get out <laughs> of is. bounds. The ref says he's out of bounds. We review it for 30 minutes. And then mm-hmm. we're like, okay, he was in bounds. Well, the and the ref said the ref said they have one play left. No, they have yeah. one second left. It's a first down. You don't just get a play. That was yeah. crazy. And then, and Florida State calls timeout, so the clock is truly stopped. <laughs> They draw up a great play. Jaden Daniels, I mean, he walked the – I mean, it was incredible. Gets the touchdown. Jordan – listen to this. This is inside baseball right here. <laughs> Jordan Cornette was so mad he walked out of the studio. He did not I've see been there. the last play of the game. He walks out. 
we're all looking like they still have to kick it. Yeah. They block it. Jordan was down the hall. He thought there was 20 minutes of overtime. We're like, Jordan, we have 20 That's seconds. That's what I thought too. He's sprinting in the studio. <laughs> I've never seen him run. It was like a, a giraffe. <laughs> like Trevor. It was unbelievable. And FSU, the big dub, KG. Oh I mean, just the, the way that they played. Like all week, all I had heard mm-hmm. from everybody else was – this great defensive line is going to kill them. It's going to do this and that. I'm like, guys, the, their identity is pretty good. They're running the football. They feel confident mm-hmm. in FSU. And, and just the, the culture really shined through tonight. The way that they executed the big-time plays and special teams that literally won the game, um, that, that, that's coaching, that's players buying in, that's great, unbelievable effort. And uh, was so impressed with the FSU defense or offensive line just moving guys out of the mm-hmm. way, protecting Jordan Travis, Cannot speak enough about Jordan Travis tonight. Like delivering dimes. Who's unreal? Like, Garrett Schrader and uh, my, my guy Jordan Travis. Have Brand new men. Lights out. Like throwing the ball, the confidence yeah. that they have, KG. It was really impressive. It was. And I thought Florida State's defense as well was tremendous. I mean, at the yeah. end, that 99-yard drive, you're going to look back and you're going to shake your head. But right. those drives are also unique. Uh, I think for the most part, that defense and that D-line getting after the quarterback, Jared Verse, is the real deal. Yeah. I mean, that guy is is going to have a big season. But overall, Mac, when you look at the numbers and you also think back of the feel of the game, the first thing you think of is all the craziness that happened. But the second thing I think of is Florida State low-key dominated this game. They had the ball for 35 minutes. They did really whatever they wanted on offense. I thought their offensive plan was so smart. They used the clock at times. They used tempo at times. They ran the ball really well. They were creative. And Jordan Travis made it all go. I mean, he's so slippery in the pocket. Like, he's just unbelievable. And the O-line obviously is better. Yeah, I mean, they ran their stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. there wasn't this, oh, my God, this is a big, bad team. We got to do crazy, all kinds of stuff to get going. They did what they do, and they did it unbelievably well. As I said, those boys up front, boloing guys, and just running at will. Like when you needed it, they did it, and it was so impressive to watch. I think that the the, the confidence that FSU is going to build from this is really going to transform this season and into you know where we thought maybe seven eight wins was the ceiling. Who knows? Mm. You know, if you get rolling and you look at the schedule, who's next and what they've got in front of them. It's it's impressive, KG. Yeah, that's what I was pulling up right now. I mean, two and zero, and they've got a lot of time off now. They right. effectively have a bye week, and then they play at Louisville, who looked awful against Syracuse. They play Boston College, who just lost to Rutgers. They play Wake, who might not have Sam Hartman. I mean, this team could be very well undefeated right. before they go at NC State, which could be an epic game. So this is a huge step in the right direction for Florida State and Mac. There's something to be said for FSU. Yes, looking better, playing better. They did that last year in the second half of the season. They looked a lot better. But to do it on this stage, right. for lack of a better term, to not blow it at the end, to get the win and to get this, it's not a signature win. LSU might be a bowl team. They might not. I don't know. But to beat an SEC team, to start 2-0 and when you started 0-4 last year. I mean, this is night and day different yeah. for Florida State. Yeah, and had the attention of the, of the world. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, you're the only game on TV. Everybody's tuning in, and it was an unbelievable game. I mean, it, it is a statement for sure. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing, can they just continue to capitalize, KG? Yeah. All right, I have my last question for you before we get to the rest of our games here. Uh, was Brian Kelly's headset plugged in? Like, did he talk to anybody or no? 
<laughs> I don't know, but he was, that accent disappeared really quick. I guarantee that. <laughs> All right, Mac, let's get to the rest of the games that happened this weekend because there was a lot of action in ACC land. <laughs> and we're going to start with two of the games that were on our big three breakdown. We'll hit on every game that happened this weekend. And we'll start with kind of some of the good. We'll get to the bad, and then we'll get to Clemson, Georgia Tech. This was not necessarily good for Louisville, so I'm not trying to, to insult <laughs> Louisville fans, but this was on our big three breakdown. Syracuse, wow. Syracuse beats Louisville 31-7. to Just shocking. You and I both picked Louisville to cover in this game. It's not that either of us would have been shocked if Syracuse won, but to win by this much right. I think was pretty surprising. To me, Mac, Syracuse's defense is the real deal. They were flying all over the place. They were confusing Malik. They picked him off. I was super impressed with that defense. Yeah, and why Why didn't I trust my eyes, KG? Because I knew that. I already told everybody about that defense. I had them like you fourth did. or fifth in the entire ACC because of that linebacking core and that secondary, which both, my goodness, made yeah. unbelievable plays yeah. all night long. Michael Jones was flying around the field, had right at about nine tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, a tackle for loss. He, he just played inspired football. And that's what I said pregame. I said, this guy has to, it has to be one-on-one, -on -one, our best versus your best. Mm -hmm. And then I picked Louisville, the team of mystery. Who's always going to be the team of mystery? What was I thinking? I've seen this team for three years, four years. I know what it's going to be. And so I don't know why I tricked myself. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought Malik was just going to go berserk. And he just doesn't have help. He doesn't have any help. He has yeah. no one that can, can do it with him. And, and so that defense is abysmal. They've got to figure it out. But – Again, Louisville, Louisville has some some issues, I think, that, that they have to get figured out. But I just want to talk about Darius Schrader for a second because Yes. He, Who was that he, man? I don't know. It, <laughs> you know what's funny is EJ at the beginning of the show was like, Garrett Schrader really picked up last year. I'm like, E, he threw for 50%, bro. Like he was not good. He was throwing ducks, he's throwing over people. He's like, No, no, no. I'm like, I we might see tonight, but we didn't see it last year. And he looked like a totally different guy. Yeah. His composure, staying in the pocket. Really hitting some nice passes. Now, again, you know, I'm looking at the stat sheet here. Six of his receptions were to Sean Tucker. So, like, hey, come on. Whatever works. Get Sean Tucker the football. Yeah, that's right. But I uh, was very impressed with how he handled that offense, pushed the ball downfield. He even had, like, three or four drops. So his numbers could have been even better. Uh, but I was blown away with Garrett Schrader. The biggest thing now is can you be consistent? Can you stack on that and keep, you know, turning into this great prospect? I mean, it, it was – perfect what he did if he does that every game sky's the limit for little or for for Syracuse like look out what that whatever the heck they want to do they can go and do it and then Sean Tucker just looks so good so elusive so hard to tackle a great runner I love what coach and I did already I mean this guy's been here five months and he already is fully ingrained totally changed you know what Syracuse is and who they are and I loved it so Big, big orange fan right now, loving what they're doing and, and excited to see, can you continue to build? Because as we all know, that's been the ACC's biggest knock is lack of consistency. We'll see one team play, play great, and then they lose to a horrible opponent. So can they stay consistent? That'll be the biggest thing for Syracuse moving forward. I was super impressed. I thought they played inspired. I thought they, they brought more juice. They brought more emotion, more passion to the game than Louisville did. And Sean Tucker, Dino alluded to this when he joined us, they're going to get him the football, and they used him yes. in the passing game. He had 85 yards receiving. He had 98 yards rushing. He had a touchdown doing both. He just looked like one of the best players in the country. No I think every Syracuse fan out there was pleased 
with his performance. <laughs> That's right. And of course, pleased with Garrett Schrader because, I mean, Brooks and Dunn, this is a brand new man. All right. Brand new. And I'm very excited for all of you Syracuse fans. How much does that cost to have that play over our podcast? Like, are we going to be sued or I'll are we going to need dollars to play that? Let, let's figure that Mac, out. Mac, you could just sing it for us. <laughs> okay. We could do that. <laughs> anyway, let's transition before Mac starts belting it out. Um, Mac, we have to talk about the two crazy games in the Carolinas this weekend. And there was another Carolina team that handled its business and shut out an opponent, but we'll get to that later. Not who you think. <laughs> NC State, number 13 NC State escapes by the skin of their teeth, beating East Carolina 21 to 20. And honestly, shouldn't have won this game. Like with the way that they kept shooting themselves in the foot with the turnovers and with all those kicks that ECU missed, NC State is absolutely lucky to escape out of Greenville, North Carolina with a win. Mac, when you go back and look at this game, I think it was, there were so many times that NC State hurt itself. And I feel stupid because I'm the one that said, you know what? NC State and Devin Leary, they're not turning the ball over. They're going to take care of the football. And that's why they're going to be just fine. Two red zone appearances inside the five-yard line in the fourth quarter. You get zero points from it. And then you throw the pick at the 521 mark. Just a bonkers football game, Mac. I mean, it was nuts. And and to be quite honest, I mean, there's so much to break down of it. And Mm -hmm. and to be, you know, just brutally honest, I thought ECU looked like the more physical team. Yeah, especially in the second half. They looked like they wanted to be there. They looked like they wanted to embarrass you, and they kind of did, you know, from a physicality standpoint. And I thought the, the the most telling part of the entire game was what you just referenced, four plays mm-hmm. on the one-yard line. You know how many yards they ga- gained from that? Negative two. They went oh, back. Oh, never mind. <laughs> went back. Negative. Negative. <laughs> uh, they, they had an eagle. You know, they went back two spots. So it was crazy to see – Number one, the the formation. I hated that. Mm-hmm. I hate that NC State was in shotgun, skill like little skill players in tight. Like put in some bodies, put in some big guys, extra linemen, big that tight ends. Mac, anything like that kills Mac on the goal line. It makes me nuts. It makes me nuts. And, and so I didn't. And they ran it four times. Like it didn't work three times. And then they did the same thing a fourth time and lost. Like the whole team tackled this dude for that negative. Was bad. Luckily, they blew the ball dead. Um, that was crazy. Uh, the defense couldn't tackle, looked slow, didn't look explosive. Like I saw guys getting beat to the sideline and, and hitting holes, you know, this linebacker core that, that looked amazing. I, I saw, uh, you know, Peyton, like what, what happened? Is he hurt? I feel so bad for this guy, you know, because it, it's always, you know, getting injured and, and he, I know works his tail off, you know, to be on that football field. And I don't know what, what is happening there. If it's come out yet. And, Man, just hope that he can get back right because health has been the biggest piece, you know, of his entire career there. But overall, this this defense has a ways to go. Offense has a ways to go. Devin has a ways to go. I don't know if they were reading the press clippings. I don't know if you know they they're just walking in there thinking that you know they're going to run through this ECU team uh, without giving the effort necessary. Um, all that said, KG, it's a W, and they get to learn all those lessons. At one and zero, and there's a lot of teams that won't have that and, and are not that. And so, you know, count that as a blessing. Count your lucky charms, and let's go and let's get rolling because this thing's going to ramp up in a hurry. I mean, luck. Like it, you were lucky to win that game with how ECU stumbled kicking the ball. And in the end, Mac, I, I think you know if you want to go yell at me on Twitter for my take about not you but other people. 
about how the ACC is playing too many of these games. The ACC played three games on the road at group of five teams in week one. We're going to talk about two more of them. They won two of them, but I just, I don't think, no other league is doing that. Why are you and, doing that? I, I just want to defend you a little bit, and you can clip this and post it if you want. It is not the ACC's job to play charity to other leagues, okay? Like, we don't care. No. We don't care. Like, it's great, the, the sport, the growth of the sport. You're in your league, we're in our league right now. A couple of those teams beat beat the ACC, and that's great. It's a Super Bowl. But, again, at the end of the day, like, it, it's not it's not charity. Okay? Well, especially when no one else is doing it. Right, exactly. And All right, we can move on from that. It, one it's, more thing. Really what it makes me think of is when Jim Phillips came out at ACC Media Days and said, I believe in the student-athlete model. I believe in education. I believe in all this. And people laughed at him, which I believe in that too. But now, you, I mean, you want the ACC to keep doing this? People were mad that the ACC was trying to uphold the model. And then when I say, hey, maybe you shouldn't play these games, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The ACC is doing the right thing. They, they've been trying to do the right thing, but no one else wants to do the right thing. Anyway, let's All move on. Let's move on. Yeah. NC State, bottom line, Mac, I, I really do feel like if that game is in Raleigh, it is a little different. I don't think you get stopped in the red zone twice in the fourth quarter. Even though, like you said, why are you in the shotgun? But, I mean, just a dumbfounding game. NC State's really got to pull it together, but they have the win. And if they start playing better, and if they continue to win games, people will forget about that game as long as you win it. That's all that matters. That's right. Uh, Same thing with North Carolina App State. This game was wild. Now, okay, as much as I don't like the ACC playing at these group of fives, as a straight-up fan, these games were unbelievable. Like, let's be clear. The <laughs> games right. were really cool. I'm just talking yeah. from an ACC perspective. UNC beat App State 63-61. to This game was absurd. Drake May and Chase Bryce were both excellent. I mean, both just putting on clinics, passing for over 350. Uh, Drake had four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Chase Bryce had six touchdowns. Unbelievable. The defense was optional. Mac, both teams averaged – 10, Not optional. It wasn't optional. It, it wasn't, wasn't even there. Optional. It was Both on teams air. averaged 10 yards per play passing the ball. Crazy. That's insane. Nuts. Nuts. I mean, it's it's absolutely <laughs> bonkers. And I'm going to start with the positive here because I couldn't really do that with NC State. There wasn't really any positive to glean from it. Um, actually, the special teams touchdown, four straight game, longest. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That was cool. Okay. So I got that out of the way. Um, so anyway, North Carolina. Um Drake May's really good. Like he's yeah, he is. really, really good. The way that he can process, the way that he reads defense, that he knows his offense, knows where to go with the football, it's really, really impressive for such a young guy. And all the talent in the world can make every single throw, is athletic, can avoid pressure. That's another thing. Like it's it's hard to see when it's live and it's happening, but when you go back and watch film and, and you can really see it, the the subtle movement that he has mm. that some quarterbacks freak out and take off that he just slides boom hits yeah. a shot I mean it's it's very impressive to say the least and I, I'm trying not to like freak out and like make him the number one quarterback in the <laughs> league right now but I think if there are power rankings if when we might do that if we do some power rankings he might be the number one quarterback right now um based off 10 touchdowns in two games mm. uh and, and flawless I mean his percentages have been unbelievable um, so when you look at how he executes, the fact that he did not have his best weapon in Josh Downs. Yeah, and that's the other part. Still sees pressure, delivers it, picks it. You going to blitz this way? I'm going to throw it that way and go right behind your head and score a touchdown. 
he, he is a very impressive young man, and I am so excited to see him grow and to see him to continue you know, to build and, and be this guy. Um, the bad news, your defense is horrible, <laughs> terrible, schematically, personnel-wise, blow it all up. Like, I don't know what you do because that's where all these four and five stars that everybody's so excited and we're tweeting about and we've got these rankings, that's where they are. And it's like, where, where yeah. are they? Where what are, are they, they doing? I mean, you look at the front seven, bullied by App State. Those guys could not go to Chapel Hill. They couldn't get an offer, and they bullied you. Mm-hmm. And it was embarrassing. Like, it's – I know they're kids, and I know I'm going a little bit hard, but, like, you have to step up, and you got to play. I mean, if I was Noah Taylor – Noah Taylor's been a real bright spot, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's others if you really dive into it. I'm going in front of all of those guys. Sure getting in their face and saying, we have to play. Like, what are you doing? 40 points in a quarter, KG. Unbelievable. Like, it's crazy. And, and again, you got the W. You found a way to win. Super important. Adversity that you face, it's going to help you down the road. But, like, it should. you were up 20 points. Like, it should have never even gotten to that point. And so I, I know fans are sick. Yeah. But silver lining, your quarterback's great. And guess what? They put up 40, we can put up 41. Like, we're fine. And so it might just be that type of football this year for UNC. And I want to give App credit. I mean, I think App State is very well could go on and win the Sun Belt. Chase Bryce played his butt off. And that environment, both the environments at ECU and App were great. The fans showed out. The other thing with UNC that concerns me, Mac, 12 penalties for 130 yards. And then just some bonehead decisions. For example, on the onside kick, Fall on the football. Yeah, that's hard though, KG. That's Mac, really you fall hard. on the football, you take a knee, you win the game. You don't Let's, give App State another chance and another chance and another chance. We know that. But I can promise you, if I catch a football and you and see I, green, I am sprinting to that end zone. But you've but got yeah, to I mean, how great fall would down. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable that that he could have just ended it right there. But also, a little luck for the Tar Heels, too. Chase Bryce, I mean, that game's over. Like, that dude's wide open. I, I mean, know, yeah. Chase makes that throw nine out of ten times, and that just happened to be the one, which mm-hmm. is bonkers. So, little luck for the Tar Heels. Great quarterback play. Defense have to figure – I mean, red button is being hammered right now. Hammered. Like, Nuke it all. <laughs> I love um, unfiltered Eric McLean. It's one of my favorite things. And you, you know what, y'all? He ain't wrong. He has been wrong once. Um, chaos has reigned supreme. It was Those games were highly entertaining. Okay. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Let's run through the three more of the good ones real fast. Um, just quick thoughts here, Mac. Duke beats Temple 30-0. to zero. First yeah. shutout of an FBS team since 1989. Duke handled their business, Mac. Yeah. Forget UNC. Forget <laughs> NC State. Duke says... Look at us. Yeah. Yeah. They, they looked really good. And, and that's that's impressive, right? And it's exciting. Yeah, that's an AAC for, team. Yeah, for a coaching staff. And and especially, like, that's Coach Elko's first win. And it was a shutout, a defensive guy. Like, what what mm-hmm. a cool moment for him and that staff. And, and really just all the effort that they put into the summer and that defense. And, you know, for that one team. And you put an exclamation point up like that. I mean, that's – it's a great way to do it. I love what the offense looked like. I thought quarterback play was lights. I mean, he was perfect for like three-fourths of the game yeah. and then finally had a miscue there. Uh, that might have been right before halftime, actually. But it, it was just really good to see guys getting involved. Jordan Moore going to receiver. Like, it's crazy how coaches just keep these things a secret because, you know, on the pregame show, we're talking about, listen, 
Jordan's too good of an athlete to just sit there, like find a way to get him involved. And he starts at yeah. wide receiver. It's crazy. And look, flawless. Like Eddie, Eddie Royal and I are going back and forth and arguing. Like he, his first catch was, it looked like a speed out that I think he converted because he saw Riley rolling. Eddie thinks it was a wheel route. Either way, it was an impressive deal. And just to see that young man already flourishing, I mean, Duke looked good. Like, I haven't seen that in four years, what they've put out there. Now, I get the opponent, but just the way they did it was nice. And look out. Who knows what those boys will be able to do with some confidence and belief. That's big. And look, other teams look worse against lesser opponents. So we'll get, you got to give Duke credit. Uh, Virginia rolled over Richmond. Brennan Armstrong became UVA's all-time leader in total offense. He looked good. He looked very mobile, Mac. He looked healthy, which is very important for Virginia, as we know the issues he's had in the past with injuries. Yeah, he, he looked super explosive. I mean, that one yeah. you know 60-plus yard run that he had, I haven't seen him look that smooth and that, you know, just – like look like an athlete, like the way he's running. And I'm just like, whoa, that, that's impressive. And shout out Drew McDuffie, you know, a Clemson guy. He's up in Virginia running that quarterback weight room, and he's got that young man looking right. So love the offensive attack. Uh, now, obviously, you need to take that with a grain of salt looking at the opponent that they're playing. Uh, but they they intensively uh, and, and very much so ran the football well. And, and so I was worried about that offensive line. They got good push. They were moving guys out of the way um, and had a very balanced attack. Now I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what does that look like against a Miami, against a Pittsburgh, against a Virginia Tech. Are you able to still you know, have that balance? But in the same breath, like you have all these dogs at wide receiver. You, you want to get them involved. You have to get them involved. And so I, I would not be surprised at all if Virginia skews a little bit more pass heavy um one other guy kg for and we can move on from virginia here though lavelle davis i knew it i knew you were gonna say him real like freaky okay the first time that we saw him that he kind of emerged on the scene he looked like this great dane puppy like he didn't he didn't know he was flailing flailing around you know just big body he looked like a cyborg out there and and just moving and explosive similar to brennan um at six seven and a half like did not look like a gangly, you know, deer. Like he he looked like a freak out there running. And and again, very impressed with with Virginia's offense. <laughs> okay, one more game to hit on here before we get to the bad. Uh, number sixteen, Miami rolls over Bethune Cookman, seventy thirteen. Miami ran the ball down their throats. They were methodical. They handled their business. TVD still made some great throws, but Henry Parrish was just yeah. He's still running. He's still scoring. I. <laughs> That game, I know it's an HBCU, I know it's an FCS team, but that just looked like a program that had a culture and was out there and handling their business. And it was just game one. Right. And good to see that, obviously. I I was very impressed with how the receivers caught the ball. I guess, listen, we saw the spring game. These guys had case of the drops. TVD, we, mm-hmm. we spoke to him after the game. He said, we did not start fall camp well, catching the football. Like, I, I was concerned. He didn't say that, but he, didn't, he said that we didn't start well. Um, and... and I thought that was really cool. They were 88%. Dudes were catching everything, and guys were making great passes. Garcia got to go in there, and there was no drop-off at all. I think he was 8-for-8, so he was perfect. Mm. Um, And then the rush attack was nice. Offensive line moving guys out of the way. Defense, I saw a couple of missed tackles, which gave me a little PTSD. But overall, I I thought that they played uh, a relatively clean game. There were some big plays in here that they'll have to clean up. I'm looking at the the targets in the long here uh, with these receivers, and – 28, 44, 48, 43, like those are those are some big plays that 
you cannot have happen against Pittsburgh, against Clemson, against NC State. A&M. Yeah, you, you'll get murdered. And so you've got to clean that up, uh, get those DBs who should be a strength of your team, you know, in a better position and, and come down and, and make some of those plays. They have Southern Miss next week before they go to Texas A&M. Cannot right. wait. Right, that real. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Okay, Mac, we've already gotten fired up on this podcast, but let's talk about the two losses before we get to the Clemson-Georgia Tech game, which is tonight. Rutgers, 22, Boston College, 21. This was a really deflating loss for yeah. Boston College. Rutgers legitimately played quarterback by committee. Their original <laughs> starter was out, uh, so that makes it even more – depressing for Boston College fans. The the fumble on Boston College's first drive of the second half was a killer. Rutgers walked into the end zone basically after they got the ball back, gave them a couple points. And I think in the end, Mac, what was so odd to me, and I know you want to speak about the O-line play, Zay Flowers is freaky. Zay Flowers looked great. But BC's offense just couldn't give you enough. I mean, 21 points, that's generally not enough to win a game, especially when you fumble the ball in your own red zone. Yeah, uh, and again, this is – it's such a fine line here, KG, because you, you are talking about young men. You're, you're talking about kids, and it's hard to be super critical, but I'm just going to tell you what was wrong. Offensive line play was terrible. The, the guys could not get any movement. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. They yeah. missed blocks that led to tackles for loss. Couldn't get Garwo going at all. Now, he's not this you know big burner. like He needs holes to run through, and he's, he's a, a bowling ball type guy. Um, and, and they just could not – get it going, could not protect Phil. But here's where I'm going to blame this on the coaching staff. Mm. They made zero adjustments. Mm. Obviously, the offensive line was struggling. Obviously, the offensive line could not protect Phil, just the five guys with what we were doing. You hope to see adjustments. You hope to see, okay, we're going to go max protection. We're going to have a tight end. We're going to roll out. We're going to do quick game. Something. None of that. We didn't see anything. Mm. And so that's where it's kind of like, what are we doing? What's happening? Why do I keep seeing the same thing over and over? And I know Phil feels terrible. That dude got blasted time and time again. Most of that all in the offensive line. Some of that on him. There was a lot of quick routes he could have hit that he he didn't. They were just naturally built in. They wasn't quick game, but there were quick options built in. And they, they've got a ways to go because they could have put that thing away. Um, defensively, exceptional in the past defense. That's what they've always been good at but still cannot stop the run. And yeah. you were, there was not first-team quarterback. There was not a first-team running back. And you, you just hate to see that this Achilles heel is still hurting you. So you lost, flush it, move on, let's go, figure it out. And, and I hope we see schematically changes because this, this O-line is not just going to get magically better, right? If you're dropping a football, guess what? You can go and catch 100 footballs a day and you can get a little bit better. Outside of fixing mental mistakes, you can't just become a dominant offensive line overnight. So this is something that that staff, the quarterback room, and the offensive line room are going to have to figure out if they want to be competitive. Because if not, you're facing a lot better defenses than Rutgers. Uh, and they, I mean, who knows what they'll do at the end of the season? But you know, there, there's some dogs on that schedule, and you, you've got to figure it out. How much of that? Just one question before we get to the game that really no one wants to talk about. Uh, how much is that is missing Christian Mahogany? How big is that well, for he's BC? Just one guy, but certainly a lot. But he was I mean, going to be your best offensive line. Yeah, and and he could rally the troops. Probably, I'm sure he's that undefined, unquestioned leader. Um, 
but again, like he, he's not playing tackle. He's not getting crushed. And he didn't on get hurt back. just a week ago. Like he's been hurt. Yeah, he's been yeah. hurt. Um, and so he he would obviously help, but similar to football in general, one guy doesn't solve your problem. If you can't tell, the thing that I think makes Mac the most fired up is poor offensive line play. The man can't stomach it. And I understand. I mean, makes me want to puke. I get it. I get it. Okay. The last one of the bad, and then we'll get to Clemson, Georgia Tech. Old Dominion 20, Virginia Tech 17. Oh, um, the turnovers were unbelievable. Five turnovers for Virginia Tech. Also 14 penalties for 100 yards. That's going to get it done. The the offense just wasn't there. I mean, and Old Dominion couldn't really score either. I thought Virginia Tech's defense was fine. But when you keep turning the ball over, just giving Old Dominion the ball, Old Dominion only converted three third downs and beat you. It's unbelievable, really. And I get it. It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. It's Brent Price's first year. But Grant Wells, I mean, those turnovers were so costly. Yeah. I mean, this is a – this is a foundational rebuild. This is a big one, you know, with, with what they're having to do, what they're going to do, culture, players, uh, thought process, like all of it. This is the total thing. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody really expected, you know, Virginia Tech to be playing for championships this year or maybe next year or even the year after that. But you didn't expect that. Right. You, didn't, you didn't expect to see them lose to a G5 team, to, to a uh, team that you should beat. Uh, that you've lost to twice in the last four years or six years, whatever it is now. Um, and it, it, it's just really deflating to see from a fan base perspective. Um, the good thing is you've just mentioned the five turnovers. That's something that you can take care of. Right. That's something that if you eliminate those and get some guys back healthy, hopefully you're not in that situation. And so we'll see. It, it's going to be something to really pay attention to. Where does this team go? Really, Boston College and Virginia Tech, and which is crazy. We're headed there this week. I'm I'm headed to Blacksburg in four days um, <laughs> to see two zero and one teams. Uh, but can't wait to be in Blacksburg. That environment should be yeah. obviously a, a great thing for them. And uh, you know, c- can you just rally? The biggest thing for BC and Virginia Tech: burn the film. Don't even think about it, and let's move forward on how we can get better. And this game gives me the perfect example for what I'm talking about, about scheduling. Um, Just in case you don't know, Virginia Tech will go back to Old Dominion four more times until 2031, and they'll play them every year. That's crazy. Like, what are we doing? You're setting your – it's a lose-lose. Yeah. When you win, no one cares. It's not impressive if you win, and it's embarrassing when you lose. Exactly. (laughs) That's it. There you go. All right. On to the game tonight, Mac. Clemson and Georgia Tech are finally going to play. They're the only teams, the only game on TV. It's so many days. It's so many days. I'm still in Bristol. Get me out of here. (laughs) Mac is still in Connecticut. Um, (laughs) Clemson is favored by 23 and a half, 8 p.m. tonight on ESPN. The total's at 51. Here are my main questions, Mac. I really have like four or five. How does DJU look? (laughs) Only four or five. How does DJ? Let's do these one at a time because I'm not going to remember. I have so much flow. How does DJU look? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm why no I'm intrigued. Um, I, I think that obviously we've seen him physically change his body and looks fantastic. And, and you talk to him. I love his optimism. I love where his head is. Uh, his confidence doesn't yeah. seem to be wavered at all. Um, but I, I just don't know. I, I don't it. know until we see it. You know, what does that body 
get you onto the field? Is he going to be more mobile in the pocket? Is he going to be more, you know, able to be in that run game effectively and, and to, to stay healthy, you know, now that he's lost some of that, you know, baby fat and, and some weight there. So th- there still is no question about his physical abilities and his tools and his rocket launcher of an arm, his, you know, ability to, to do big plays. Um, I'll be doing a tape later tonight. You guys see it. Check it out. The huddle uh, that, that just shows that this is what this guy can do. And he can extend plays and he can take shots downfield and he can hit wide open guys. And so the key for DJ is can he just put it all together? He did not have a good outing against this Georgia Tech team a year ago. You know, can this be not not revenge because you didn't lose, but you know, this comeback season and, and shut everybody up. That's what D, that's what EJ wants to see yeah. from DJ. I've talked to him time and time again about it. He said, I would love to see him just go out in a game and put up 350 and four touchdowns and just look at the camera and say, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to do? And so maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But uh, you know, we'll talk about it for sure on on the next episode. Uh, Clemson fans would really like to see that. That's that's sure. for sure. The, the GT, over, yeah, right. The overarching question here, and I think it'll be it goes hand in hand. Brandon Streeter's now taken over this offense. Does this offense cater a little more to DJ's skill set? Do we see maybe a little more design run at different times if he is looking more mobile? I'm so curious to see how they use him with his legs. And then right. do we see maybe some confidence building throws early and and is DJ better at those? Is his touch right. better? Is he hitting those screen passes? Are we getting Will Shipley and the running backs involved in the receiving game because some of these receivers are still out and this receiver room's right. been banged up? And then is the O-line as improved as we've heard? All these right. things go together. Sure. Yeah, no question. And so, you know, offensively just to go on that first part a little bit. I think that Certainly when when you're the the guy, not to discredit any offensive coordinator that's not a quarterback guy or quarterback coach, but it is different. And the line of communication is one way. It's not telephone game where you're telling one guy that tells another guy. It, it's me to you. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. You see what I do well. You know what I don't do well. Let's roll. Let's not call these plays that, that maybe are good plays, but I, I can't execute. Um, and so I'm going to be fascinating to see, KG, you know, what does that game plan look like? What do the plays look like? Formations? Do we try to, you know, speed up the, the, the tempo? Do we see Clemson go in the middle of the field more? And how do they use those running backs? Because there, there's a three-headed monster back there that is going to be really impressive if they're all healthy and uh, just to see them see them roll. So um, it, there's going to be a lot of indicators offensively early, I think, from the Clemson Tigers. You bring up that quarterback connection with either the OC or the QB coach. Chris Winkie is now the QB <laughs> coach at Georgia Tech. That's my other big question is how does Jeff Sims look? And what I'm, what I'm fearing for Georgia Tech is it may be somewhat of a Louisville situation. Where are the weapons? Like who are the guys that are going to step up and help out Jeff Sims, especially with Jameer Gibbs gone? And then yeah. can we just see another year, another step in the right direction for Georgia Tech at the lines of scrimmage? Because, of course, that's the biggest issue that's been for them since they switch coaches, switch systems, all these things. So those are kind of my questions for Georgia Tech. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, for Jeff is is just consistency. He has all the tools. He has the skill set. He's he's showed time and time again. I think it was three or, or four, maybe you know, straight three hundred yard games or right around three hundred yard games passing. That we're just like, yeah, that's it. That's what we want to see. And the UNC then the game, game last year. Yeah, and then the next games against Miami, and it's just like total explosion. It's yeah. like he doesn't even know what he's looking at, and so. Really, DJ and Jeff are really similar in, in how they've gone about things and, and how 
there's just this up and down. I think DJ's ceiling is, is significantly higher, uh, but but they've kind of mirrored each other a little He's bit, which is weapons. fascinating. That yeah, which is fascinating that these guys are are obviously playing. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait to see you know this matchup defensively. You know, obviously the the Yellow Jackets had a great plan a year ago against yes. Clemson. Uh, so just to see that that chess match. Um, we didn't talk about it, but real quick, Clemson's defense is, is going to be fun to watch too. Can't wait to see them out there, those guys flying around. That defensive line is going to be nuts. Um, and, and just to see how truly good yeah. they're going to be this year. How dominant do they look? And you bring up last year, Mac, Clemson won 14 to 8. It, I was at that game. It was it was hideous. I mean, <laughs> it was, I mean, Georgia Tech fans didn't think it was too hideous. DJ struggled. Clemson had four fumbles. They only lost one, but they kept fumbling the ball. And Georgia Tech outgained Clemson. In that game, they had a great plan. They were stacking the box. They were trying to force DJ to throw the ball. I know that there's been some turnover. I know that GT's brought in a lot of transfers. But I still think there's some confidence left over from that game, especially if you're Georgia Tech's defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, no no question about it. And I think the biggest thing, if I'm attacking Clemson, if I'm Georgia Tech, I'm trying to heat him up. I'm trying to mm-hmm. make him make decisions very quickly. Um, and then you try to confuse guys in coverage. Now, that, that's obviously what you want to do with any quarterback. But, you know, DJ in particular, with what you've kind of seen from him, uh, that that's the secret sauce. If you can do it, if you can get to it. Um in a pre, in a past tense, we'll see if how he adjusts as well. But uh, it's going to be fun, KG. I'm excited for kind of this last game, this exclamation point of the weekend. Um, but I think we need to make some picks yes, and, and give do. some some keys. Why don't you give me the stat first, and I'll give you the key to the game. All right. Just a reminder: Clemson's a 23 and a half point favorite. The total's 51. Here is my stat to know. I give you a stat every game. Matt gives you a key. We make our picks. Last year. Clemson was tied for last in the ACC in an interesting stat against the spread. Clemson was just four and eight last year against the spread. This And some of that is Clemson generally play, and there's a bigger number. And in years past, because Clemson's been so explosive offensively, they've been able to cover it. But when you don't have an explosive offense, it can be very hard to cover a double-digit number. So 23 and a half, does Clemson cover? Before we give you that answer, Mac, what's the key to the game? Yeah, for, for me, it's it's just running the football effectively for Clemson. You know, lean on those big backs that you have, that offensive line that, you know, you're excited about, that I've seen, you know, folks and, and staff members when they're interviewed talk about, okay, we're running the ball really, really well. You know, what, what does that look like? Get a couple of them, you know, on the field at the same time. I think if the, the run game's rolling, the passing game's going to be complimentary and, and you feel more confident, things kind of open up for you there. For Georgia Tech, it's going to be protect Jeff. Like, keep him upright. Don't let him see ghosts. Don't let him get be scared back there if he's getting hit from a lot of different angles, which is going to be tough to do, you know, for this Georgia Tech team. But what does that look like? Is it max protection? Is it moving him out of the pocket? Don't let him just be back there being a sitting duck. Uh, and these guys can just, you know, go crazy. So protect your quarterback. Run the football. I, I think if, if either team can do that really effectively, you know, look out. You're feeling really good. I'm going to make a pick. Are you ready? I, think, I already know where you're going. This is the easiest pick I think in the we're world. going similar here. I'm taking Clemson to cover. And look. Oh, no, we're yes. not going similar. Oh, oh, we're not. Wow. Okay. Covered. I'm shocked. How are they going to cover? I'm shocked. Are oh, you? Mac, it's I feel like this is a pretty plus. easy. Okay, no. Clemson's going to cover 23 and a half. I, I think this game. Are they going to score 23? Yeah. Yeah. I think we get a um, 42 to 10. Like, that. that's my score prediction. Mac. 
Who I'll was making? I'll buy you a steak dinner if Clemson scores forty points. Let's go. And I'm not the one that generally. I'll cook it for you. I'll cook it for you. Let's go, Max the Grillmaster. I am not the one that. I am hard on Clemson when it comes to them covering because sure. the last couple of years they haven't. They're four and eight last oh. year. I I am worried for Georgia Tech, Mac. There's no playmakers. Jeff Sims is out there by himself trying to make things happen. And I think this Clemson defense, the the defense to me is going to score at least seven in some way. And I think Clemson's going to run the ball down their throats. Okay. I'm with you. I love it. I love it. But until I see it, I don't believe it. All right. That's fine. I've got to be proven otherwise. Now, listen, I'm picking Clemson to to win the game. I think Clemson's going to be back in the ACC championship. But – I think they're going to have to figure it out a little bit. Game one, uh, Georgia Tech's going to be excited. Ooh, have a I love game. that we disagree. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm taking GT to, to with the points, but Clemson, Clemson will win the game. What about the total, 51? I don't I like think, that either. I think under there too, but your score, you're over. Well, 42-10, it's right at it. That's the problem. I would still probably go under. Okay, all right. So not a lot of points. I'm with you. I'm going under there, and then, yeah, I just – until you do it, I I, I need to see it. I, I love it. when we disagree. We're going to post these picks on Twitter, so get in there. Tell us who you agree with yeah. um, or disagree with. I need an with. asterisk with this pick that says that I picked Clemson to win because people are going to kill me. They're That's not going to read it. That's what I did with Pitt. They're said, not going to read yeah. it. They're just going to say, what? Matt picked Georgia Tech. What? Coach Collins, I love you. If you listen to this, I, I love y'all, man. Whatever. But anyway, guys, <laughs> this is another episode. Episode 2. 100 kg it's nuts wow. we talked about that on the front end super excited thank you all for being on this journey with us big shout out to our producer richmond weaver the goat 200 episodes in my brother appreciate you so much cheers to the moon and uh if you guys don't have serious xm what are you doing go figure it out go get it get the app get it in your car have it on your phone but we also need you to go over to youtube go over to apple Podcasts. Subscribe to both our channels, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, It's always great to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.